Hello and welcome to The Frontline, a podcast from ILGA Europe in Brussels. We represent and work on behalf of over 600 LGBTI activist organizations across Europe and Central Asia, and our podcast aims to bring you to the front lines of queer activism in the regions. In this episode, we have a very special interview with the internationally acclaimed Turkish novelist, essayist, and advocate for human rights and freedom of expression, Elif Shifak. The author of 18 books of fiction and non-fiction, including The Bastard of Istanbul, Honor, and Three Daughters of Eve, Elif has come under fire from the Turkish authorities for writing about human rights abuses that its government denies. Her most recent novel, 10 Minutes, 38 Seconds in This Strange World, which tells the story of a sex worker in Istanbul, was shortlisted for the Booker Prize in 2019. It sparked another investigation by Turkish prosecutors for addressing child abuse and sexual violence in her writing. For this episode of The Frontline, Alif joins Ilke Europe's Executive Director, Evelyn Parenti, to talk about counteracting a widespread decline of democracy, the fight for LGBTI rights and equality, the power of our stories, and her own journey towards being a vocal member of the LGBTI community. Hello, Elif. It's a real uh, thrill for, for, for me on behalf of the entire ILGA Europe team to welcome you. I've been hoping to find ways to engage you in our work for a long time. Thank you so much. I just want to say I really have so much respect for what you're doing. And I find it so important and urgent. Uh, needed across the world. So it's a, it's a huge pleasure for me to have this conversation together. Thank you. Well, thank you. So let me start with the first question. I think an important um, theme for us um, at the moment is to broaden the conversation around who is part of, of bringing about social change and making change happen. Um, in our work, we've known for a long time, of course, that we need advocates and allies uh, across all sectors of society, if we want to make uh, if we want to make change, we know it doesn't happen just by working with governments and politicians through laws and policies. We need to work with educators, with uh, with employers. We need to work with media and sports and culture, etc. And and I think it feels even more urgent, perhaps at the moment, um, uh, to get more voices and newer voices to speak about the importance of LGBTIQ quality. Um, so with, with, with this in mind, I mean, how, how do you see your work and your role as a, as a writer, as a storyteller in, in bringing change in society? Yes, I think, I think words matter enormously. You know, words can hurt, words can also heal. So how we talk about the other you know, anyone who is deemed to be different in the eyes of mainstream narrative, how we talk about differences, how we talk about diversity is incredibly important. We are aware of the fact that in country after country, we have seen the decline of democracy. But sometimes we don't realize with the decline of democracy comes the loss of appreciation for diversity. Mm -hmm. So if you are deemed to be different in the eyes of the mainstream narrative, for whatever reason, this could be you know, the color of your skin, this could be your political views, anything, if you're deemed to be different, then your life is gonna be difficult. Um, and therefore I think it matters enormously. First of all, words matter, uh, sisterhood matters, solidarity matters, and also stories matter. 
if we know each other's stories, we will realize that we're not as lonely as we thought we were. So I, I find it very important to give more voice to silences and to the silenced. You're opening the door basically for the, for the other question I wanted to ask you, which is the moment in time we're in, it feels to us, and we experience it directly at Europe, the, the importance of, of speaking and pointing to our common humanity, of the importance of staying connected, as you mentioned, with, with each other, but with also with each other's humanity, yeah, other's reality. Um, and I think if, I'm not just speaking of the current context of the pandemic where there's lack of physical connection, but, but connection through, through emotions, through empathy, through compassion. Um, and sadly, I mean, we're seeing also that this is not something that, um, that any one of us is immune to. We can all fall into inward looking mode. Uh, we're seeing this happen between social movements. We're seeing also this happen within the LGBTIQ movement at the moment. I mean, you write a lot about the human condition. <laughs> so what do you see we need to be aware about more in ourselves, in our communities, in our societies to hold on to that sense of common humanity? I think particularly now more than ever before, there's a lack of deficit of empathy across the world. Uh, and empathy is precious. And it's also like a muscle, isn't it? The more we use it, the better we become at it. So just to be able to put yourself in the shoes of another person for a few hours, for a few days, it's not only an intellectual flexibility, cognitive flexibility, it's almost like a spiritual transformation that maybe makes us a bit more humble, a bit more open to, you know, connecting with others and hopefully a bit wiser. I really think we need stories for that. There's no way I can understand another person's experience if I don't know that person's story. So we need to become better listeners. You know, what minorities are saying how they're saying, how they're expressing their own experiences is incredibly precious. Let me put it this way. There's a huge power imbalance. There are huge inequalities we need to address. Inequality is not a side issue. It's not a footnote. I think it has to be at the center of all of our efforts from now on. And I deliberately use it in the plural form because whether it's racial inequality, gender inequality, digital inequality, you know, regional inequalities, we need to be very aware of the power imbalance. Who are the people who are not invited to the table when decisions are being made? What are the stories that, that remain untold, forgotten? Mm -hmm. How can we put more emphasis on that? In other words, how can we empower the disempowered? How can we rehumanize those who have been dehumanized systematically? This to me is incredibly important if we want to build a better world, a fairer world. And for this, in this conversation, I believe LGBTQ plus minorities and communities need to be in this conversation, in the public space, visible and vocal. We empower each other you know, and we are part of this conversation. So I find it very important if we're going to build a better world uh, and not deepen the existing inequalities that we talk about all kinds of inequalities simultaneously. 
Well, we couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and I'm going to turn to the country you're from. And actually, I'm going to use your words of, of telling a story which we think is not told enough at the moment. Our team at Elgirp has been working very closely with LGBTI activists in Turkey for some years now. And we know just how much more vulnerable they've been made in recent times from being scapegoated uh, politically, but just in general, the the context, the very unsafe context in which many in the community are at in terms of the increase in violence and, and also the, the pressures on, on activism per se and, and violations of freedom of assembly and association and so on. So keeping this situation on the political agenda is something we're working really hard to do alongside supporting the groups in the country. You use your voice to point to the situation in, in Turkey Um, as you've done in recent weeks uh, on the Istanbul Convention, the Turkey pulling out of the Istanbul Convention. I guess I want to say, like, what do we need to be saying to governments and institutions and, and international actors? What do they need to better understand about the situation in Turkey? How do we make the case for them to be paying attention and supporting the groups that work for women's rights, LGBTI rights, democracy and freedom? Yeah, I think we tend to believe that history always moves forward. We tend to believe that tomorrow is going to be more progressive than yesterday, by definition. Mm -hmm. But that is not the case always, necessarily. History has shown us that time doesn't necessarily always go forward. So when I look at a country like Turkey, in fact, we have been going backwards. Mm -hmm. You know, we have been declining into ultranationalism, more religiosity, more populism, jingoism, and ultimately authoritarianism. Now, when this happens, I think women need to be more alert and minorities need to be more alert because when democracy is shattered, the first rights that will be curbed and curtailed will be women's rights and minority rights. We have to become better defenders of democracy as women, as minorities, because you know, it will be taken away from us. Not only in Turkey though, in country after country, we have seen similarly alarming signs. I think it's very important that we connect with civil society. You know, while we are very critical of the governments in oppressive regimes, we need to at the same time connect with the people because the people and the government are not the same thing. So if I may, I would like to say two things. Let us make sure that human rights, women's rights, minority rights are always on the table. These are not secondary issues that can be put on a back burner in the name of trade deals or financial deals. Human rights has to be a priority. You know, if we let go of that, what does that say about Europe being European, you know? Mm -hmm. For me, what, what it means to be European is primarily values. So how can we let go of those values? But when I say that, I'm also, what I'm also trying to say is they're universal values. They're, they're not only pertinent to Europe. Human rights is universal. So it has to be at the forefront. But secondly, while we are critical of populist demagogues and autocrats openly, let us always connect with the women, youth, minorities in those civil societies because Their stories are amazing. These are stories of resilience. They are 
um, amazingly global souls. They exist. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't make the headlines, but their voices matter. So to encourage each other, to support each other is important. I sincerely believe this is the right time for global solidarity, international sisterhood. It matters. Let me dig a bit deeper into what you're saying, Elif, um, because anyone who reads your books or hears you speak publicly, they hear you speak explicitly about your support for LGBTIQ human rights. To me, it's, it's, it's very important that you have someone who is, you, you sound very deliberate in, in the importance of naming uh, LGBTIQ rights along with women's rights and democracy. Why is it important for you to be engaged in, 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 this, in this fight? Uh, fight it is indeed. I think fight is the right word. I mean, when I look back at my own writing, my own literary journey, I think it has always been a central part of my storytelling. In all my, almost all my novels, mm -hmm. I wanted to give more voice to people who have been pushed to the margins. Rather than paying attention to the center, mm -hmm. I focus on the periphery. As a writer, of course, I love stories, I love words, language, but I'm equally drawn to silences. And anyone who is silenced, hurt, disempowered, I want to pay more attention to their stories. So that is my intellectual, maybe, inclination by nature. In all my interviews for decades now, I have been very vocal about my support uh, for the LGBTI you know, communities. But also I think I've never had the courage to say this was my personal story too, mm -hmm. until recently. It was only a few years ago that at a TED talk, I was able to come out as bisexual. And it took me many, many years to be able to do that. I wish I had the courage uh, to do it earlier, you know, but I come from a country that is mm -hmm. very patriarchal, incredibly homophobic sexist and I knew that I would receive a lot of hate speech you know a lot of negativity which is exactly what happened after the mm -hmm. TED talk for weeks and months on end but I was at that point when I was ready to go through that storm so no pressure on anyone but when you're ready do share your story uh, it's up to you but I think what we should never forget is that you know, this beauty, this inner garden, just we need to nourish that, that inner garden and, and never ever forget that under the same sky, we're all one as humanity. So we should never allow them to deny us our dreams, our dignity, our truth and our pride. Well, that almost sounds like you're answering already the last question I wanted to ask, which is, what is the message that you want to send at the moment to, to everyone who's fighting for LGBTI equality and human rights, knowing that it's never been easy, but at the moment the, the pressure is particularly harsh. All I can say is it's not easy and every day is a struggle, you know? So this is a long marathon and we need each other. We need solidarity, we need sisterhood, we need our, each other's stories. But what we don't need is to be divided. So, for instance, I live in the UK and it really, really breaks my heart when sometimes people behave as if there is a conflict between, for instance, women's rights and trans rights, as if there's a conflict, you know, between this human rights and that human rights. If we do that, 
if we are divided, the only thing that will benefit from it is patriarchy itself, you know? So as women, as LGBTQ plus communities, we cannot be divided. We might sometimes agree, disagree on that minute thing or this minute thing, but let us please never ever lose the core, the essence, which is the fight for equality, which is the fight for diversity and inclusion, which is the fight for human dignity. So we cannot be divided. We need solidarity. And I think it's important to understand that so much is at stake today. You know, democracy is at stake today. Countries can go backwards. We need to be more alert, more aware. Uh, maybe we need the pessimism of the mind, but mm -hmm. the optimism of the will, the optimism mm -hmm. of the heart, as Gramsci used to talk about. We need both at this moment in time. Well, I'll just end by saying um, a whole heartfelt thank you, Elif. Thank you so much. You've been listening to The Frontline, Ilga Europe's LGBTI activism podcast. Please subscribe, like, comment or share wherever you listen to your podcasts and tune in next time when we'll be travelling further on the front lines of LGBTI activism in Europe and Central Asia. Bye for now.